Capello from Newport Beach, and welcome to the Bob's Watches podcast, an informal discussion of watches, West Coast living, and of course, all things Rolex. Uh, welcome to our inaugural show. I'm Ripley Sellers, uh, Senior Editor, here with our Director of Digital Marketing, Josh. Hey, how are you guys doing? And um, also our video producer, uh, Chris. Hey, guys. This episode, we're going to talk about Baselworld and Baselworld predictions. Um, we're right before the show, so this is all the big news of what Rolex is going to release and uh, what new ones. So, um, you know, what new watches are there going to be? What might get discontinued? Uh, what do you guys have as far as thoughts on that? I mean, really, this is kind of all the offices have been talking about. Everybody from sales and marketing and photography is wondering. Um, the most common thing I think everybody thinks is going to happen is that we're going to get a new Milgauss. And personally, I'm kind of I'm hoping for that to happen because it's just really an oyster perpetual with a really freaking weird second hand. Yeah. What, what were you planning to uh, to be changed on the new Milgauss? I mean, part of me really wants to see um, the second, the weird squiggly, um, and to be discontinued. I think it's really unnecessary given the fact that the older Milgausses don't have that. Um, I think Ripley, you were even mentioning before that it's kind of a, a shock that it's only a thousand uh, resistant to a thousand Gauss, right? Because it might be more, but that was the first one. It's kind of uh, you do see the sec- squiggly seconds hand, the lightning bolt one on older references. Some of the early like ten nineteens, they are there. Um, I don't see them discontinuing it. Otherwise, it is just an overpriced air king with a <laughs> yeah. different dial in hands. Um, but with all of the silicone technology, anti-magnetic parts, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a totally new Milgauss movement, um, one that was you know on par with what we're seeing from Omega and their master chronometer series. Yeah. Well, well speaking about the seconds hand, I, th- I know the original Milgauss, the 1019, I think you're referring to it, did have this, this wiggly hand, right? But the thing is, I think the pip on the end of the, the seconds hand was red. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 The so, whole thing wasn't colored. Yeah. So what, what, what would you prefer to see for the seconds hand then? I think I want to take it back to not like the black honeycomb dial, uh, one that I think we were shooting earlier, but, um, the, the silver dial, uh, okay. with the, the little red, uh, tick at the end. I think that was a nice looking watch. My bigger question is like, if that even has a place in the modern Rolex catalog, um, really it doesn't serve any purpose. Most people aren't working in, in, in nuclear facilities. Um, I know at the time it was a really, really big deal, right? And then now, like, it's not as crazy of an industry. Most scientists aren't working with uh, nuclear things. Um, And I just think it's such a niche market. Uh, I don't know. I guess it just, it yeah. is and it isn't. I think with all the electronics, a lot of people equate magnetic resistance to like magnets, but often what magnetizes a watch is an electronic device. I think with all the electronics from the equipment we're using today to just sort of what people have around them, um, effects of magnetism are felt on the watches, but I don't think necessary. I think its function holds a very specific purpose, but I think it's... Um, the way that they're presenting it doesn't. Um, most watches these days are non-magnetic to some degree. And so for a watch to be engineered for this purpose, well, if that was the paramount concern, just get a digital, you know, something. Or at this point, our yeah. equipment, our lab equipment tells perfect time. So, you know, why have this overcomplicated ferromagnetic watch that basically does what our computer's doing passively in the background? Yeah. 
I mean, and then the other thing I've been hearing a lot is the uh, people hoping to see a Coke GMT. Um, I know at first I thought, yeah, that'd be a great idea, like a Coke with a like a Jubilee bracelet. But then I really thought about it, like they wouldn't ever double down. I don't think Rolex would double down on GMTs two years consecutively. I like mm-hmm. the wait list is already almost three years long at some places for a GMT. Um, I just I really don't see a Coke uh, GMT coming out from Rolex this year. Yeah, I don't think see them doing anything with the GMT. I think it's almost a given we're going to get the thirty two hundred series movements in the Submariner. Um, it's almost you know it's rolex's best known sports watch it's an absolute icon it's kind of strange that it's still using a movement from the late 80s so we'll probably see that um did, that's, someone, did someone mention um the gmt and a um like a rose gold too ever rose or uh, i think or, they or came something. out with the gmt last year with rose yeah gold. they have right. an ever rose one the cnh the and the, uh, yeah and um, the black. maybe rose gold to the sub I'd be I'm, all about I, that. Yeah. I really hope they do. That'd or what really about awesome. a two-tone ro- with a rose gold Daytona, which is, seems to be strange that that's actually missing from the Rolex catalog. I feel like it isn't, though, isn't it? Oh, they have an all-rose gold one, They have right? an all-rose gold. They've got the rubber strap. All, no, I'd rather see the all-rose gold uh, Submariner. Like I, We did our Instagram poll, and but people what, were vehemently opposed to that. What color is the dial and bezel? Black. Black. black, black on black yeah. with the uh, with the rose gold. It would look so smart, and especially with the the serochrome bezel, it'd be a nice brushed kind of look to go with like the polished ever rose. I think it'd be classy, a la like the Yachtmaster with rose gold and uh, um, and the silicone bracelet. I think that looks that's a great combo. I think that's something that the forty millimeter submarine could look really really great with. I wonder if it's going to be well received i mean a lot of people said they didn't like that idea but i see no problem with it i say they just do it because the, the yacht master um it's it's what a uh, like a matte matte yeah, bezel yeah. on there and seeing that serochrome bezel would be like a great accent pop to it what do, what do you think guys yeah think? i really like the um the execution of that black ceramic bezel on the rose gold yacht master i think it's um you know less functional definitively than the traditional dive bezels but uh, as far as the I, I think it looks great just you know if they implemented that and obviously no one's really using their rose gold submariner as a dive watch but then is the submariner encroaching into yacht master territory and cannibalizing sales that way i would say like in a lot of ways the the yacht master and the and submariner have been cannibalizing each other for years so why like stop now would do you think they would like cancel one of the, the models or i mean no, but I think because of that, the Yachtmaster, the Yachtmaster One, has never really enjoyed the success that it could have. It was when it was came out in '92. It was supposed to be a luxury version of the Submariner. Um, now they make luxury versions of the Submariner that speak for themselves. The Yachtmaster is kind of confined to this strange neither here nor there territory. Uh, but you know, what about a rubber bracelet on the sub? If there's ever a watch to have a rubber strap, would the You're dive- with the Oyster Flex, yeah, Oyster Flex yeah. bracelet. That might be uh, something that we do see. But again, if they put that in Oyster Flex, then what happens to that Rose Gold Yacht Master yeah. that, that came out? I think it was a few years ago. I mean, yeah. What about only on the stainless steel option? Like a bare bone Submariner, no date rubber Oyster Flex bracelet, like traditional. No date on a Submariner? So, yeah, stainless, no date sub. It's the only one they make only in stainless. And if there was one to make it a, a kind of an atypical offering to put on the rubber bracelet, why not? 
you're going you're reaching too far man you're giving the rolex design team too much credit i don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel with this one all right maybe in another 15 <laughs> 20 years yeah <laughs> they have to update the lugs first they have to make the crown guards bigger i don't like something's going to be you have to be changed red and then back to white you're right there's a lot of steps in between i, I think that if most people they would buy it with the bracelet anyways so i don't think that oyster flex bracelet on that submariner is going to be a good idea for, for the design team. Like. There, there's the diehards that love everything about the, the Submariner, the way it is. I think an updated movement's probably the safest option that they're going to go with. I, I, at this point, though, I feel like Rolex is kind of tapped out of ideas. I, we keep saying that. I said that last year, and then look what happened. They just changed a tiny bit on the GMT, and it, people were going crazy over it. Um, I think what's my, my bold prediction is that they're going to discontinue something this year. Loki, I'm really, really hoping that they get rid of the Yachtmaster too. Um, for a long time, uh, it's just it's the most oversized watch I think, other than the Deep Sea. Um, but they're not going to get rid of that because James Cameron is their poster child. So the next thing that's going to get the axe has to be the Yachtmaster too. That's now, just my prediction. Yeah, actually, we do have a Yachtmaster too right here. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we do. I'm still it's here it's we're we're still trying to figure out what we can use this adjustable regatta timer for but it is here i don't think they're going to discontinue it they spent far too much money developing it and for them to discontinue it would just be admitting hey we made something that no one needed nor asked for um they already did that with the the mill gas the first time though i mean and it's still in production like they hold it they brought it back though to be fair they brought it back and did I don't know nothing. To yeah, well, if you it. bring it back, it looks like it was intentional. So yeah. maybe they just sunset the Yachtmaster too, and and find and they they find a way to make it useful again. Because right now, the Yachtmaster two is probably one of the most useless things I've ever seen in my entire life, and that's including like my my college degree. That's including um, screen doors on submarines. Yeah. <laughs> They're really just, I mean, we've all been playing around with it. Um, have any of you guys found something that other than boat racing, something that this might be useful for? I, we're, I, I think uh, I could use it to like poach eggs. So I like a good two minute uh, poached egg. So if I set the regatta timer for two minutes on repeat, it'd be great if I was only doing one egg at a time. But I've never poached just one egg at a time. It just seems a little silly to buy a thirty thousand dollar watch for that purpose. It's like having a you know a large volume cafe and doing single cut pour over exclusively. <laughs> yeah, but even then, like if you're like having worked in cafes, you everything is just up to chance, right? It's sometimes the bloom is like thirty seconds, sometimes the bloom is like forty five seconds. You aren't going to adjust the regatta timer, and not only that, it's not even easy to adjust. Like I would rather just use. A Speedmaster for that. Or anything else. I think actually the coffee world is this watch's biggest calling. The flyback function um, and realist for is perfect for espresso shots. If you're really the one just manning the bar that day and doing it, 25 to 35 seconds is pretty uh, standard timing. And in quick succession, the single button flyback function um, is a place where this watch really excels. Yeah, I just don't see that happening, though. <laughs> the Speedmaster is easier to use in that regard. And you could, like... It first... takes two button presses to reset the chrono on a Speedmaster, and then another one <laughs> to start it again. This that is extra a button bu- is really, really hard to use, two, right? Two additional button presses. Um, if I owned a super high-end boutique cafe, uh, all my employees would wear Rolesium Yacht 2s. <laughs> you know what we should do is get in touch with the sales team and, and see who are selling these watches to and what are they using it for. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that'd be pretty yeah. interesting. I don't Do think you I've want ever to know the answers them. to those questions? <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we we buy them more than we've ever yeah. sold them. 
Um, and I don't. I think I want to ask the people that we've bought these watches from, like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. why did they buy it in the first place? I w- wish I was there for the R and D discussion at Rolex when this when they were like, okay, guys, it's like the Yachtmaster one, but more useless. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they would have. What the, what that conversation was even like? Like, whose idea was this? Oh, obviously it was a sailor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but there's so many other things that are more useful on a boat. Like, first of all, I, I feel like working on a boat. I mean, you're the one that sails here. You're the only person that's worked on a boat. Like, how often have you even had to use a watch when you're on the boat? Never. Never. Well, never. It, I, just, I just use it to tell the time. You know what I mean? In its I defense, it isn't just for – it's not just for sailing. It's for specifically boat races and the starting and timing, uh, coordinating the start of the boat race. So um, as an actual watch for sailing purposes or keeping track of the time or finding your bearing, it's not at all useful for that. This is really for um, the, the minutes leading up to the start of a regatta. Um, so literally the – the the first well I do this all the time don't I? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the very beginning part of the race like the most boring part of the race mm-hmm. and then when you're actually out in the water like what do you just like change into like a Casio like you just switch onto well, your G shock you, you you throw it into the water to reduce weight <laughs> on the boat and then you proceed forward I think one thing that's telling about how you know um, useful this but complication potentially is is rolex has the best marketing team of any company on the planet you know they're um still using a movement from the 80s and are you know most people are convinced that this is as good as it can get (laughs) it can get better um the fact that they haven't discussed how this watch or its complication can be used and implemented into your real non-regatta life um is a bit telling the best marketing team in the world hasn't come up with something you can do with this watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be fair, they haven't really been pushing it on social media either, right? They've been pushing their Milgauss harder than their Yachtmaster, too. I feel like it's just very likely, like, I, I, at the end, look, guys, at the end of the day, it's useless. I mean, I, I can, it's a really, really, really expensive paperweight. I can't think of anything more than, like, two other uses for this. I I defy anybody. Like, Jack Forrester, I defy him to find ten uses for the regatta timer and all in English. Like, he can't just, like, pull, like, three French ones, like, three French uses. You're throwing down the brown velvet gauntlet on this one. He's (laughs) going to come back at you with 5,000 words, and we're all going to have egg on our face on this one. (laughs) We're all going to have to read that, too. That's why I made the challenge explicitly clear. He can't use French at all in his 5,000 words. He has to find 10, um, like, English standard uses for this watch. Okay, well, here's the thing. Aside from all the functionality of the watch, is it a nice watch just by looking at it by designs? No, <laughs> you know, this is definitely a opinions type of thing and your mileage may vary, but I have to admit my guilty pleasure, probably the one that I'm least uh, proud to admit that if I, there was one role, if I had just, you know, infinity money on this one and just wanted to flaunt my wealth, the one Rolex I would take home and it would be my daily wear would be the all yellow gold Yachtmaster 2. No, it's, no way. Uh, with the first, <laughs> the first generation of hands, not the, I like the, the no little way. batons, no not way. the Mercedes. That would be the one watch. That would be my daily wear. Yeah, absolutely I would not. find 10 uses <laughs> for the countdown timer. No way. No. Well, no. I, I mean, okay. As someone who really loves these watches, I wouldn't want to wear a, a nice collectible vintage one every day because you get thrown in the pool. At least you didn't have your gas gets checked without a time machine you can't go back so uh, speaking amongst the new watches ones that can infinitely be rebuilt by rolex what what's left on the ultra opulent no like what's the most you know uh grand showy offering you know i i can understand where you're coming from because the thing is like 
I don't know, rappers, if they want to flaunt their wealth and stuff, they'll get the most obnoxious looking AP on their wrist and flaunt it off. And this is, I would say, the, compa- the compatibility with with AP and, and Patek, you know. I'm sorry, don't you ever disrespect the Rainbow Daytona like that ever again. Like, that much. Like, I don't mean to speak ill of the Super Bowl show, of which you are extremely fond of in Adam Levine's performance. But. I, I, you, you call it a guilty pleasure, like a yellow gold Yacht Master 2, with absolutely no irony whatsoever. That rose gold Rainbow Daytona for me just hits it. I don't know why. It's like the most gaudy, unuseful watch I've ever seen. And it just speaks to me for some reason. Is and rose I, gold your preference of the three golds they make it in? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so the yellow gold one makes it look dingy in it. And just from like a practicality standpoint, I know it sounds nerdy, but the diamonds don't shine the same way with yellow gold as they do with rose gold. Um, but yeah, I just, it, if you're going to flaunt wealth, don't add diamonds to a watch that is meant to be beautiful and gaudy and ridiculous. I mean, Rolex put a lot of time and effort into setting the, that Cosmograph Daytona, and I just think that it's perfect. Don't add diamonds to a Yacht Master 2. Just let it die. It's a death of dignity. I don't need to see it anymore. Don't like bring it back with yellow, gold, and diamonds. What if you bring it back in rose gold diamonds and put it on Adam Levine's <laughs> wrist? For okay, now we're, now we're good, though, because... <laughs> So basically, we found it, right? If I, my, my, Josh's pick for favorite watch is just adding diamonds to it, make it in uh, rose gold. And that's all we have time for today. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bob's Watches podcast. For those of you not familiar with Bob's Watches or what that is, it's the world's largest and most trusted uh, pre-owned Rolex exchange um, where people can buy and sell um, pre-owned Rolex watches at fair market prices. Follow us on Instagram at Bob's Watches. Check us out on YouTube. We have been uploading videos every single day from watch reviews to history of Rolex. Check out our blog, the Bob's Watches Rolex blog. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.